Uh, in this show, we have the luxury of having two dynamic leaders, uh, Dr. Uh, Christina Grange and Dr. Leroy Reese. Uh, they're here with us today to help us unpack dodging dangerous uh, parenting dynamics. Uh, we've learned a lot of important uh, stuff in this episode thus far. Uh, and as we continue, as we, we come back to the show, um, Dr. Tarver, I'd just like to know, um, you know, when we see, we talked about the uh, Sill versus Heidi clone kind of um, uh, issue earlier. Are you noticing in the practice that uh, kids are being kind of uh, tossed in the middle or thrown, throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, because the adults are being so engaged uh, in, in some sort of problem? What are you seeing? Unfortunately, I see my clients being the ones to be manipulative, to withhold visitation from um, the parent. I know Dr. Reese doesn't like that word, um, to withhold the opportunity for kids to be able to see both of their parents. And they are because, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel like you're paying enough child support or you're not paying child support, or I'm upset that you started a new relationship with someone. Uh, and so you're not going to have that person around my child. Um, or you are uh, I'm monitoring your social media pages and seeing that you're posting things with your other children and not with my child. So I'm, I'm upset about that and I'm posting ugly remarks about you on my social media pages. Or um, uh, I see a lot of the negative, especially around this time of year where it's back to school, I see a lot of negative comments from parents about their other co-parent uh, and them not doing and they're not providing, you're going to show up, they'll tag them, they'll tag their friends. Um, so unfortunately, I, I see the people who do really, really destructive things and they will say it is because they don't want their kids to have to deal with with their um, their mom or their dad, but it's, it's not, it's much like Dr. Reese and Dr. Grange stated earlier, it's about this, this hurt um, and about this fear and about this pain that's unmanaged. And now I'm just utilizing this child as a way to, to spread this vitriol, if you will, about, about my co-parent. Uh, and so I, I would like to pose to Dr. Grange and Dr. Reese, um, like what, so what are the effects of that? So what happens when I, because I'm old enough to be on social media, or if I'm not, I'm seeing um, some of my family members' social media pages. And I'm, I know my, my parent is saying these ugly things about um, my co-parent, I know that I'm not seeing uh, my mom or my dad in the way that I want to. And, and it, it's easy for me to overhear uh, a parent talking about the other one and know that you're withholding my time um, from my parent. What are, what are some of the negative effects of that on children? And what are some ways that we can just manage that in a healthier way, uh, as opposed to using the, the children, as you stated earlier, Dr. Reese, as pawns? in this situation to be able to get some kind of response from, from our co-parent? How can, how can we just be better with those dynamics? Sorry, I'll start with you, Dr. Reese. Okay. Um, so I, I'd start my response to that question with, remember your kids love both of you. And um, just like you may be injured because of what happened that caused the separation or the termination of the relationship, when you act out against somebody that that child loves, you are also causing an injury um, to that child. And 
it lingers. I mean, it, it left unattended. It, it, it becomes uh, cancerous in, in a way in that it can metastasize in all domains of this, this, this kid's life, you know, academic, social, emotional. Um, so that when you see behavior that you think is atypical, hey, what's going on here? What's, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, what's, what's happening? But you're, you're, you, you have lost, you're, you're not remembering that you, you, you heard, that this kid heard you call their other parent everything but a child of God um, earlier in the week or has seen, to your point, has seen the social media or better yet, better yet, the kid's friends have seen the social media and has now come to school and, and is saying, hey man, what's up with your people? Why your mom's talking about your dad like a such and such and such and such? Or what's up with your pops talking about your mom like that? You know, and, and that's sometimes something that the parents are completely unaware of because the kid may not share it. But again, that affects them emotionally and socially and academically. Um, and, 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 and so, and it's one of the, frankly, the dangers of social media. Um, I, I, I think that we, we have the technological tools that we have yet to mature to a point where we can consistently use them responsibly because sometimes those become the daggers that we throw at each other. Those become uh, the bullets that we hit each other with um, that, that cause lasting damage. And so, you know, the, the, what do you do? One of the things I often um, recommend, particularly for parents who are amenable to it, not everybody's ready to do this work, but I will recommend co-parenting therapy. And co-parenting therapy is not therapy. We're not talking about how we resolve or talk through or work through the issues that led to the demise of the relationship. But we're talking about practically how we work together to make decisions as it relates to the well-being and interest of our child who's picking them up from school. Hey, I'm going to pay for this extracurricular. You know what? I've got to travel for business this week. Can, can the kids stay with you? Those kind of things. Because one of the things I talk to parents about is you're passionate about your kids, but when the relationship ends, you need to learn how to be dispassionate in dealing with the other parent. Because if you bring the emotion to the table, you're going to remember all the hurt. And, and, and now really what it is, is something transactional. I mean, that's not optimal, but, but, but minimally it's something transactional. Hey, we got to get the kids together for school. We got to get the kids together for their extracurriculars. Um, hey, who's pick, those become the kind of things and when, when parents can do that work that allows them to focus on the day-to-day -day kind of realities and learn and get reminders like, hey, this stuff is out of bounds. You got a problem with what the other parent did you know, I oftentimes will recommend to parents that are in a situation that they have a once a week or once every other week, 30 minute check-in. It's hard to get in trouble in 30 minutes, but not impossible. Where we, where we check in about what are the kinds of things that we need to be talking about that's going on in the kid's life um, that either you or I have to kind of talk about what, what we're managing. And so those become, we get real practical. Um, and if we can focus on the work that has to get done, um, it becomes a little harder to get caught up into this other stuff. But again, this is where our village becomes important. Dude, take that stuff down now. Like, I, I yeah, you know, we, we have to hold each other accountable for when we are, are less than our best self. Dr. Grains, I see your, your, your wheels are turning. I appreciate uh, your response, Dr. Reese, to that. Um, 
about how like we have to think about what we're saying and how it impacts our our kids if we're again doing what's in the best interest and also where people can come in when we don't see that we're being harmful that'll say to us hey cut it out um take that down that's not okay that's unacceptable uh dr grange yeah i think that when we think about the outcomes for the children when we see that kind of unhealthy communication something that i think about and that i've seen unfortunately is that the way that you treat that other parent may be how your child ends up treating you and we don't want that um because we're modeling it right this is someone you cared about and look how you're treating them you and we can't deny those facts um and so that to me is the hardest and most painful outcome for the parent whoever has engaged in the unhealthy communication and for the child because they learn how to fight they learn how to to hurt people who they love even because as has been stated by dr reese they do love their parents but that doesn't mean they won't I'm trying to write them. all this down keep going just <laughs> so i think that is honestly when you ask that question that's what i feel in my heart because that's what i've seen parents saying why is my child acting like this and sometimes you need to do a hard pause and let them think about how they got to this place and remind them if you've had that kind of relationship with them so i think there can be as far as negative outcomes a lack of trust that develops because again if you love this loved if you don't currently love in some form this person and you're treating them like that what does this mean how might you treat me one day right also a lack of respect because this idea of i'm showing you right i might tell you what to do which may be different than what i'm showing you and children especially i work with a lot of adolescents as they evolve into adolescence they call you on it quickly and it can create a lot of tension within the family because there's a well you said this and you said that and that's how you talk to you know such and such other parent so again we are creating the story or the parents are creating the story for their child that their child may replicate their child may end up being, being what the sequel to whatever it was that they started with that parent so we want to avoid that and intervene on that as much as possible and co-parenting therapy can help with that if people are ready have healed enough in terms of their own work to to come to the table in a collaborative way and really do that true co-parenting instead of parallel parenting for example and there are tools for that one is schools are communicating with parents more and more via technology so there's emails there's remind apps both parents can be signed up for that so the parent whoever feels not engaged can initiate engagement can be empowered by contacting the school and making sure they're involved if there is a tendency towards poor communication due to where the individuals are emotionally in their relationship then you can as dr reese said make it more transactional which may not feel warm and fuzzy but it gets the job done if it's done well in terms of communicating in a way that gets the needs of the child met what i've seen in relationships is that things don't have to stay bad but they may be bad right now so we have to maximize the resources available to get through this season and hopefully after we have some distance some emotional distance and sometimes we can get that by using technology we can get to the point where maybe we can be a little bit more friendly to each other at a birthday party maybe our exchanges of the child 
from one parent's home to another, maybe that doesn't have to be so cold. But the reality is that these relationships go through phases, just like all relationships do. And so giving some space for that to happen can be really helpful. So utilizing um, the technology schedules, right? If you don't want to have to communicate about every little thing that's due or every little special activity, you can have a shared calendar that works for some people that doesn't work for other people. I think it's our job as providers to help them remember what tools exist and help them decide which tools work for them. Reminding them continuously that your children are watching you constantly. And as much as you intend to only communicate a certain way in front of the child, it's probably better to have just a more generally healthy form of communication because they're watching you so much when you think they're not and they're picking up on all of it. Even if they don't remember the details, they may remember the energy that's been exchanged between the parents, even if they don't always remember the words. And sometimes that can be just as potent um, for how that plays out for them later in life when they're in your house as well as when they're not in your house. Thank you, Dr. Grange. I think you read my mind and kind of got into the next question on uh, in your response to that. I, I'm hearing you both say that kids can be very much impacted by the venom they can see between their parents, um, start acting in similar ways to their parents, uh, start engaging in, in behaviors very similar to that. But also this, this, uh, this piece about now other people are being invited into this dynamic so your peers at school are now aware of what's going on in your home and how that's going to affect you academically or other people um, in your community are now aware of something that they should not be privy to. I think that does lead into this next question of how do we stop manipulation from occurring? When we have children who may feel caught in the middle, um, they recognize their parents aren't in a good space. And so they're trying to capitalize on that. Like, hey, how can I maybe get some more benefits from the fact that you two don't communicate very well. How can I um, not share information that I don't really want to share with you two that might interfere with you actually both being able to parent me in, in, in the most effective way? Um, what, are, what are some strategies that you all might recommend for increasing healthy communication uh, patterns? And also, uh, Dr. Grange got into how we can share information more effectively, but how we set healthy boundaries and make sure that they're in uh, both households if, if the co-parents aren't in the same space. And I'll start with uh, you, Dr. Reese, on that one. I think that's Dr. Granger's turn to go first. <laughs> but I can. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, I, I want to reflect on something that, that Dr. Green said. She said right now. And I think that one of the things we want to leave your listeners with is change is possible. Healing is possible. Different is possible. And I think we, we've been talking about some of the problems around some of these unhealthy dynamics. It, it, it may in fact be a moment in time. And I think that's really important um, that through effort, commitment, dedication to different that we can get different. Um, so I, I, I wanted to, to emphasize that point. I think with respect to this idea of manipulation, um, one of the things that we know stops manipulation in terms of its impact is when we stop responding to the manipulation. 
when we can identify the behavioral patterns that is the manipulation aha uh -huh. and we don't respond it in the expected way so that the desired effect of the manipulation does not occur i i do work with, with families and one of the things i i, I made reference to parental alienation um, and, and 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 for many parents what happens with the other parent is they are incredibly consistent with how they respond and how they how they act um, in most situations you can predict with a high degree of confidence how this person is going to respond to your request how, how they're going to act in this situation whatever um, and it may the the conscious or unconscious leaving for the benefit of the doubt uh, intent may be to trigger you right like i'm going to do this because this will piss you off and and da 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 but when you understand that they are consistent about that you become dispassionate in how you respond to that it loses its ability to have the desired effect on you which is the cascading thing that once the manipulation starts and we respond everybody's playing their parts the way they're supposed to be playing their parts and now we've got a you know what show but it just takes one person um, in that play to, to act differently like oh okay I see what this is about I'm not going to respond sometimes that person needs to get help managing their own frustration so that they don't allow themselves to get triggered and so this is the place where therapy can be helpful this is the place where your support group can be helpful I mean I think I, I do believe that there are multiple kinds of therapies um, if, if it act if the therapy whatever it is is in our best interest to kind of get us um, uh, to, to manage the challenges in our life uh, in a more effective way let's let's go with it but nonetheless the manipulation when when we don't respond it loses effect and for some people they will escalate they'll take it up a notch okay you didn't respond to that I'm going to do this understand that the manipulation is about getting you to respond um, and I, I, I'm a realist, and, and so why I don't encourage, you know, uh, litigation or litigious kinds of interactions. Um, I also believe in documenting stuff. Um, and, 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 and so uh, I'm, I'm going to stay out of uh, Attorney Winner's uh, wheelhouse, but, you know, taking notes, sending yourself emails around these kinds of things. Because the other thing that, you, that, that is a real thing, going back to the best interest of the child, is if this, is, if this other person is engaging in manipulative behavior, the child is seeing it, it's having an impact on the child. In fact, the child might be um, the initiator of the manipulation because that's their part um, in this play. And, and, and so we wanna take kids out of that position. So we have to be dispassionate, we can't respond. Well, mama said you didn't, well, why the hell are you talking to me about what your mama said? No, you know, gotta see that one coming. Um, pump our brakes and, 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 and stand there like, okay. Hey, so-and-so mentioned to me that you had some concerns about A and B. I'd be happy to talk with you if, if you'd like to. Um, and then where we start to see that our kids are sliding, again, I, I, I don't encourage litigation. I, I think that as often as we can, we need to be talking directly to each other. Even when we're talking about playing hardball, like, hey, we, we either gonna stop this or we're gonna do something different. Um, the courts are there to provide us recourse and relief um, if we feel like it is, it, it is whatever is happening is not in the interest for kids. 
I've been doing this too long to say that there haven't been times when the person needed to go to court to create relief for the kid. It, it pains me, it hurts my heart um, because w when you're going through that, the kid is going through that, uh, but nonetheless, it's a real thing. So I, I think that the, the, the manipulation can only be effective if, if you respond. That's a great point. Um, changing how we respond to the behavior can change the behavior that our kids are engaging in. Dr. Grange? I would add to that in terms of our response to recognize and maybe even give voice to, especially if we're talking about the manipulation of our, like if a young person is possibly trying to do some manipulation in terms of sliding in between the parents and recognizing when there's an opportunity for them to get something they may want. I think that's some of what you were talking about. And A, for a child to want to get what they want is normal. It is normal for them to work towards getting their needs met according to what they think their needs are. When it comes to manipulating the relationship that's already strained between their parents, I think there's value to also being able to, to label that, right? To say, I recognize or I'm experiencing that as um, manipulation, or if you want to use a different word. And I would offer in terms of modeling communication and modeling vulnerability to be able to say, that makes me feel a particular way. That makes me feel as though I can't necessarily, you know, trust you in certain situations, or that makes me feel like you may not be respecting the dynamic between your parent, the other parent and I, so I'd really like to talk to you about how we can meet your needs without you feeling like you have to necessarily manipulate us. So being able to kind of label the emotion and empathize saying, I know that what you're going through is difficult and you're trying to figure out where you fit in the middle of all this. Here are some other ways that we can manage that. So I think that being able to, if we're gonna respond to it, tell them what we're responding to to avoid some of what Dr. Reese said in terms of, you know, what are you doing? And, and kind of confronting them in a way that's suboptimal. Um, so being able to recognize what it is, empathize with them, and model how to have healthy communication so that they can stop that behavior. So I think that it helps parents to have different tools in their tool bag. So ignoring can be one, addressing it can be one, empathizing it can be one, because depending on what's going on with the child and what they're trying to get and what they've observed, we may need to use a different tool to support them in learning how to manage the situation in a different way. And to speak to something we said earlier, they may have learned manipulation. They may, have, they may be using tools that we gave them. So when we see something that we don't like reflected in them, it may be an opportunity to kind of reflect on ourselves if we can do that. And use different tools and support them in using different tools to decrease a manipulation pattern that may not be limited to parents but could extend to other relationships that the child has which we really don't want to encourage right it's already been hard enough on them so we want to encourage them to use better tools and maybe even acknowledge better tools than the parents used as they are trying to negotiate their life especially as they enter adolescence I think those are very good uh, uh, lessons learned. That's a great caveat to um, um, Dr. Reese's um, response. So, and I, and I appreciate both of them. Um, um, one of the things that I would like to us to kind of really uh, get into, Dr. Tarver, um, after this break, is a you know that dynamic between the mother, uh, the mother 
uh, daughter, the mother's son, the father daughter, uh, the father son, these relationships of how these, these, some of the parenting dynamics where they're tougher on each other. Uh, I'd like for us to discuss that, and, um, but I, we'd like to get into that right after this break. So to our listeners, uh, you're listening and viewing In Our Own Defense podcast. Uh, in this episode, we have Dr. Uh, Reese and Dr. Grange with us, uh, with Dr. Tarver and I, and they're helping us unpack dodging dangerous parenting dynamics. Uh, we have been discussing all of these, so we look forward to discussing um, uh, more of these when we come back right after this message. Thank you. Five, four, 